he just did what? Oh my gosh. So you're so technical. Listen, guys, uh, this is the Black Light Podcast. We're here once again, AD, Levi. We actually have a room full of people here at ARC, and we are doing what we've talked about. We're doing the little mini-sodes. And so the question that we've been asking people is, uh, is there anything that needs uh, to be blacklit? You know, it's like the essence of the podcast right now. Anything that needs to be exposed or that people don't talk about enough, um, um, or just like cool things we've experienced, you know, through the through arc. But that's kind of the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. So let's uh, just jump right in. We're gonna jump right in. Our first guest is Amber Hughes. Hello, hello. Yeah, from Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I'm from. Yeah, right on. <laughs> Amber, we're just gonna go right into it. Uh, what's the thing for you? Is there a thing that you're like, this needs to be blacklit? People need to talk about this more. You know, for me, it's uh, it's backups, making sure that you um, you have. Uh, um, your data secure that you've you've got your files in more than one place. I mean, we as a, as an industry, we're we're creating so much data, so many uh, so many files, and then we're not really doing the right steps to make sure that we don't lose our. our um... You showed us a photo the other day, yeah. of like a server, yeah, like <laughs> a legit. I swore it was a mini fridge. I, was, like, I could put my lunch in there. It yeah. was a legitimate server. It's it's about four feet tall. It's it's yeah. uh, planning to take over the world right and, now. But why is that? so important to you that server why like what does that do more than like the regular like I have my stuff he's got his one hard drive from six years ago <laughs> yeah all his it's a very well, large hard drive yeah and see yeah. the thing about that is that's only one copy right like that is if that copy ever goes then you're hooped you don't right. you don't have it anymore it's gone that's all of your photos that that's your entire portfolio that's your entire career and that's all of your clients photos too right what and then what what you yeah. have to start from scratch for everything. So what does the server do? Like it's not just one place. Is it split it up? So or, yeah. yeah. So my uh, my server. My husband's an IT professional. Mm-hmm. I will be completely transparent in that I am not an IT professional. Sure, sure, so, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I don't know the ins and outs of everything to do with it. But um, it's it's a basically a RAID array. Um, we have I think it's eighteen drives, and you can lose up to six drives and still have all your your data. So the data is split up across. The, uh, the drives instead of being on one drive and then another one and this one has that and it's actually a little bit of it is on everything. Okay. And yeah. is this like the most secure something can be? Yeah. This yeah, sounds it like... It's pretty intense. Okay. <laughs> what is something that I could do uh, maybe soon that might... Uh, well, yeah. my, my two biggest things that I can recommend um, is definitely get some kind of a, a RAID array even in a smaller scale. Um, there is something that you can buy. It's called a Drobo. Um, a lot of people would benefit from having one of those rather than the, the shoebox full of right, <laughs> random right. drives, which, uh, yeah, that's just not going to work out in the long run. Um, and then also um, backing up online. So there's lots of different companies out there where you can back up all of your data to uh, via the Internet. Um, and then that way you've just got another backup. And that, that one's great, too, because... Um, it's good to have it outside of the house in case you have a fire or something happens. Right. Um, so I actually back up in my house and I actually, I back up to the, the um, server. I back up to tape, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, and then I also back up online as well. And that's just, I want to make sure triply that I am not going to lose my data. So can I ask, well, uh, why is this so important to you? Like, cause I feel like tr- three levels of, of backup. <laughs> have you had like, 
experiences where you know you, I I haven't uh, lost any data, but I will say because um, you backed it all up. I <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, <laughs> yeah. IT professional in the house. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, it, there's two things. Uh, one, I've just seen so many other photographers come back and be like, oh my God, like my working drive failed and what does this mean? And I've got three weddings on there I'm working on and I haven't backed it up anywhere else. And Or even going back to like a drive that they have in storage thinking like, oh, I'll just plug it in and I'll grab those photos. Wait a minute, it's not working for some reason. Mm. I don't understand. Um, so that's a big one for me. But then also I've actually had... Over the years, I've had several clients pass away, um, oh, wow. really quite devastating, sure. um, and also their grandparents, that sort of thing, too. And they come back to me and say, oh, my God, I don't know where my photos are. I didn't back them up myself. Can you please tell me you have them? And I do. Yeah. Thankfully, I do. And, and for me, I just feel like you know, people are trusting me to capture their memories and, and how important is that, but it's also important to me to make sure that I guard their memories in case the worst thing happens. And it has happened to me quite a few times. So Wow. That's, that's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Thanks for dropping this level of information on the pod. My Amber, pleasure. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at amberhughesphoto and also at amberhughes.ca. Sweet. Boom. Thanks for joining us at ARC and joining us on the pod. My Maybe pleasure. <laughs>I think that it's important to bring to light um, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, mental health and how it correlates to creativity. Sure. So in, in what way? Like like the artist, the struggle of the artist? Is that what you mean? Or um, Not necessarily. I mean, that's the way that it is for me because I am an artist. But mm-hmm. just in general, like, I mean, as an artist, I think it's, um, and maybe it's kind of a cliche to have some mental struggles and be this like struggling artist but I think it's almost more important for people in careers that um, that stigma doesn't really come with it but that they're that they feel open to talk about it like maybe high pressure CEOs or you know you know things like that where people can be more open and honest about um, their struggles. Do you think it's the role of art then to open up the conversation for these things to happen or to be the catalyst for that or that it's more important for the people that are struggling to have a place, a safe space to come and, and have these conversations? I think it's both. I mean, art is has always been a voice for opening up different avenues of communication. So, um, yeah, that's definitely super important. But also, yeah, people, mm-hmm. um, if more people are talking about it, people will feel more comfortable yeah. to, to talk about their own struggles. Would there be something that could happen or would happen that you'd feel like, oh, that's an awesome illustration that's taking place? Like if... Like if we have, I guess what would you what would it look like for you to see this kind of empowerment maybe happen or maybe even start like would be the, well, the first like thing first yeah ball just I don't know what the word analogy is but the, yeah the, the, the tipping point I guess or oh like where you would look at that and say yeah that's actually really cool I'm glad that was done said etc yeah um, for me on a small scale it's being honest with my friends and family so. 
if there's a day where I had plans and I'm just feeling really down, instead of saying, like, making up some excuse, like, oh, I'm sick or something came up, I will be very open and honest and, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm having a dark day mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, having that clarity to say, you know, I know that maybe you guys want to talk to me about it. I don't really feel like I want to talk to you about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need some space for myself and just being really yeah. honest. So what's a good response for the other side of the party to say back to that? So if you, they, you say, hey, you know, I'm having a, a, a dark day. I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling super, you know, or just feeling X way. What would be the, a, an appropriate response for someone to come back to and to respond to that? Okay, I'm here if you need me. Cool. So something just simple and just like saying, hey, like, cool. Yeah. Do you feel like uh, it affects your work in any way, like, or like it it affects the work of the artist? Is that something that needs to be talked about too, or you know what I'm asking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I view. I mean, I'll be very open. Um, I struggle pretty hard with depression, um, and I've overcome a lot of it mm-hmm. by working really hard to you know, control my feelings and, um, how I respond to the world. But, um, I've grown to view it as my superpower. Mm. Like, I think that my depression and anxiety has made me a really sensitive person. Mm. And so, especially with my clients and my work, I can feel people's energies and, um, I don't know. I feel like it's definitely affected my photography work for sure in creating different moods and, um, yeah, knowing knowing how certain photos and certain poses and how I work with my clients, how it's going to affect them and the people that see it. Cool. That's awesome. It's really powerful. Thanks for coming on and yeah. being honest with us and sharing sharing more about your own story. Uh, where can we find out more about you and about your work? Yeah, so um, my photography pseudonym <laughs> is Lion Lady Photo, um, and on Instagram is Lion Lady Photo and LionLadyPhoto.com. Yeah, awesome. Lion Lady, sorry, where's that from the hair? Is that right? Yes, I've yeah. got very big curly hair. <laughs> yeah, it's my yeah. husband's nickname for me. So. Lion Lady? Lion Lady. Oh, that's awesome. Cute. Yeah. yeah, thanks so much. Thanks, Lindsay. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, hey guys, uh, we're back, we're here, we're here uh, with another mini-sode with Shirley Prang. Where are you from, Shirley? Um, I'm from this area, about an hour outside of Vancouver. Oh, right on, yeah. Um, so, well, just to preface, Shirley, like, so yesterday she gave a, a presentation, a fast-paced presentation here at ARC, um, that basically, like... Blew everyone's minds. Yeah, the room was floored. The room was floored. It was like a pin drop. It was very, very powerful. Uh, and so we asked her if she could come on. She read a poem or some, uh, basically a, uh, almost a, like a liturgy, if, for lack of a better term. Just something that she had written that of Razan, things that are very speaking to her life. And we just asked if she would come on and, and share that or some of that with us and just kind of her story. So um, I know it's a, a big preface, but I just share like what you spoke yesterday meant so much to myself and to many other people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that you know that. Thank so, you yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. I, it, I felt like 
um, when Sachin asked me to speak, he's because we talked about me doing a fast-paced presentation a couple of years ago at this conference as well, and and uh, on something completely different. And it was a uh, it was kind of last minute, and I wasn't able to get it together. And I I just felt like you know what, it's not a good idea for me to try. So then, knowing that I had been interested before, Sachin asked me this year, and and I think I have been really hesitant to, for one, be another white face on stage if I'm being completely honest um or being and then uh also just there's I feel like there's a lot of noise and and I didn't want to just add to the noise so if I was going to say something I wanted to say something that had meaning um to me and hopefully to others and so when he asked me I was like well can I do a rap on white supremacy like kind of joking (laughs) and um, he was like, are you seriously going to rap? And I mean, I'm super white, which you can't see. So like, I, um, yeah, I mean, Gangsta's Paradise is like my karaoke song. So I can, I can like throw down a beat for a white lady. Um, but I, he, he was like, well, let's talk about it. If you feel like you, it, it would be relevant for people to hear, then, then let's do it. And so... I wanted to back out right away, of course. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, 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 I wasn't serious. But um, then when, as I started to kind of flesh it out and I talked to some friends and I, my sister is like one of my greatest teachers and I was just thinking about some of the things that she's taught me and um, and because uh, she, she's a white mother to um, black children and, and, um, and I realized that, okay, maybe there is something that I have to say that will hopefully... Um, just make people think and, and, and maybe start a conversation. Yeah, love it. I'm going to put this mic down, yeah, and okay. we're just going to let you be. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm not a racist, but I think I might be racist. I don't wear a white sheet, but I have clutched my purse when walking past homeless Indigenous people on the street. My head isn't shaved, but I keep a closer eye on my kids when a group of black teens are nearby. I've never passed out hateful flyers, but I have wondered how long until these people just get over it. My sister and I both have kids. Mine are white and some of hers are black. I tell my kids, you can be whatever you want. My sister tells hers, don't be discouraged when people deny you opportunities. I say, have fun at the park. She says, never play with Nerf guns at the park. Someone might call the police. It took stories like this to change me. I've never killed anyone, but people are dying. Indigenous communities don't have access to clean water. Their women are being kidnapped and raped and left in shallow graves. And here I sit, safe in my power. The power that is afforded to me by this skin I bear, with its lack of melanin, and unfettered access to spaces I have no business taking up. My white body and the privilege it holds offer me simple gifts, like being able to go to the bathroom in Starbucks without being asked if I'm going to buy something. I've spent my life feeling free to enter places assuming I was welcome, not recognizing that I may be intruding or treading on sacred territory. I was feeling free, but my white body was pushing others out, leaving little space for them to speak or express themselves. I'm not a racist, but this has been my story, and as a storyteller, I wonder, what can I do to change? I need to create space. Actually, we, the white people in the room, we already have the space. We just need to share it. We need to make room in our bodies and minds to hear and believe narratives that we haven't experienced. We need to allow those stories to be told, even if we are not the ones telling them. 
I'm trying to be aware of the difference between storytelling and story taking. Could we instead be story seekers? Could we be empowering people of color to tell their own stories? And when they do, could we amplify them? Making space might mean sitting in the back row or offering someone else the solo. Making space might mean that we are quiet. The beauty in creating this space is that it can be filled with new voices singing a new song, and we can learn and we can grow together. Support painters, writers, activists, designers, and musicians of color and create more opportunities for their art to be shared. Train up young creatives into leaders who can share the history of their tribes, of their nations. We have received so much by no effort of our own. We need to give, give, and give some more. Embracing diversity means more than being inclusive in our portfolios. What if our work was a direct reflection of our lives? If we set extra seats at the table for people who looked and thought differently than we do, and our work was just an extension of those relationships and conversations, our lives would be fuller with love, knowledge, peace, and hope for the future. My friends, we were created to create. And when a massive portion of our population is silenced because our systems were designed to oppress them, when they have to beg to be seen and believed, the world is darker. I'm not racist, but I benefit from their oppression. White supremacy robs all of us. We need to dismantle it and build something new. We need to write a new song where all the voices in the choir are heard. This might feel painful. It may even feel like a loss for some of us because life as we know it will change and change is hard. But could you imagine the beauty that we could unleash together if everyone's voices were given equal time, volume, and weight? I'm not a racist, but if I'm not actively making space for those voices, maybe I am. Amen. Yeah, um, thank you, Shirley, for sharing that. That is just as powerful right now as it was yesterday and I think I just want to thank you for contributing to the voice and to advocacy for yeah for people who are in the margins I think for me you in time we can slowly sort of like moments like this you can feel time turning and you can feel the world slowly changing and I I, I thank you as well you know, that, that you see this, that you say something, and then for, for, for me, this is a marker. But no, there's something different happening here. And that time and the world is, is slowly changing. This is a tick on the clock. So thank you. Shirley, where can people find out more about you and find out more about the work that you're doing and just who you are as a person? Um, I have a website, which is shirleyprangphotography.com, but I think if, like, this is something that resonated mm. with you, that I would love to connect with you on Instagram, and my personal Instagram is just share, at shirleyprang. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the pod and for sharing what you shared. It is incredibly meaningful, and I know, um, yeah, it's going to impact a lot of people, and we thank you for that. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We are back again, this time with Mr. Ben Blood. 
Ben Blood. Hi there. The man who needs no introduction. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> ben Blood, where are you from, man? Uh, I am from Tacoma, Washington. Oh, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I've never been there. <laughs> it seems like a nice place. I yeah, it seems like a nice place. Um, I actually met Ben for the first time five years ago in Iceland, very randomly. Uh, I've always been a fan of his work, and he just posted, I think, because back this is before stories happened, so he posted a photo, and I messaged him and said, hey, man, like, if you're in Iceland, I'm here, and I'd love to meet up. And we got some coffee and a pastry, and we chatted for a while. And things that he said in that conversation five years ago, literally I still think about to this day. So Ben's been a, a huge shaper of thought for me and just a, an inspiration as an artist. Thanks, um, Yeah. So Ben, yeah, you have some, some thoughts in your mind. What, what would you like to talk about or expose within the industry? Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, so one of the things that's recently been on my mind um, is kind of... Um, so I'm interested in working with, with people of, of all types, all backgrounds, all um, sexual orientations, um, veterans, you know, just I want everyone to feel that um, I'm not too good for them or... or that also that it's that I'm approachable. Um, so one of the things I've been thinking about, you know, if you look at big businesses and companies, they have um, like non-discrimination policies. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that in the industry that I'm in, in the wedding industry, um, and being a photographer. Um, you know, a lot of times, uh, specifically, um, people in the LGBT community. Um, I feel it can be uh, maybe cause anxiety or have uh, maybe feel uneasy when they're searching for people to work with. Uh, if they want to hire a photographer or um, work with someone uh, for catering or anything like that, um, I think I think you know as myself, I don't have the authority <laughs> to speak on this. Mm-hmm. Um, being a someone who identifies as a straight male but I feel like if if having a, a non-discrimination statement uh, and maybe a, um, that is kind of clarifies where I stand that I'm welcoming to you know to all all people um, I feel in in this industry it would be something really helpful to uh, kind of give people peace of mind as they're looking for um, people to work with and people yeah. to collaborate with. So. so this is a step further than just putting uh, same-sex couples on your website or on a blog or something or on Instagram. You're saying you want to go a step further and put a policy that says uh, you're included, everyone's included, or what would be the the, the words of the policy? Or Yeah, yeah you know that yet? for sure. So I guess I want to actually step back just a little bit and talk sure. about I'm hoping – this is something that will kind of be a conversation within this industry because, um, let's say, let's say I'm a caterer. Um, I'm not going to have pictures of people really on, uh, on my, on my website. I'm going to be showing my food or if I'm a florist, I'm going to be showing, you know, mm-hmm. my florals and flowers and, and things like that. And so I feel with photographers, we have it a little bit easier, but, um, because our, not necessarily we have it easier, but it's more clear. It can be more clear yeah, uh, by the work we show. Um, but, um, sorry, I don't know if I'm answering your so, question. So, yeah, no, 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 no. What you're coming back to is actually saying yeah. that foundationally, this policy, so to speak, 
would be not just for photographers. It's like wedding industry wide for people that right. can't show via photos that there's representation. Right. You're like saying, hey, if if you don't have that platform, then this is the verbiage or the words or et cetera that you can utilize across every vendor, so to speak. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know if I can be that catalyst, but I I, I feel like I just want to start that conversation. Um, and I think that uh, you know, going back to Ad's question about what it says and things like that. Right now on my website, I have, um, I have a non-discrimination, non-discrimination statement, which is just a personal statement from myself that is kind of informal, but it's letting people know that my intentions of I'm, you know, I want to work with everyone. And, um, but then I also have a non-discrimination policy, which is more like has legal verbiage in it, Hmm. um, which, you know, you could just work with a lawyer to get that, that straight. But, um, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I think that's powerful. I think just even clarifying cause that, that not, not just using like passive statements, like a photograph, but using active statements like, Hey, I'm not just not saying something. I'm actually saying something. Cause those are, I think two very different things to yeah. communicate something like nearby ish or associate it via like, but it's one totally different thing to actually speak out and affirm something and say, use your voice to say something. So. Yeah, this idea that you used in your talk about uh, mindfulness not being it, mindfulness is still in action, yeah. you know, and so we we kind of know the things that we believe, but we don't always formulate them, and then we don't always take steps to actually implement them, mm-hmm. and so. I like that you're saying this is a thing that you want to implement, not just think about. Like, no, there needs to be a thing, a sign. And I like that. That's good. That's yeah. strong. Cool. Ben, thanks for just mentioning that and sharing that. It means powerful. Do you have any other thoughts on those things or on the policy um, concept? I guess if anyone wants to see you know, an example of what I what I've have on my um, my statement and yeah. my policy, yeah. it's uh, it's in the footer of my website, um, benblood.com. Cool. So. Cool. Yeah, can you check that out. Are you on social media as well too? Yeah, I'm on. I'm on social media. Um, also, just at Ben Blood uh, for most for most platforms. So awesome! Cool, Thanks cool. for coming on for yeah. the little mini set. Thank you guys. Black Light Podcast. Hey y'all, we are back. Much later this time. It is one o'clock in the morning in Vancouver. We just got back from the party, and it was crazy. It was fun. It was supernatural themed, so people were dressed as like aliens, and uh, like there was a pope, but like some sort like of a like creepy pope, like an ethereal pope with like white whited irises. Yeah, it was cre- actually pretty creepy. Yeah, it was very creepy. Like on the dance floor, if the dance floor was clear, he would come out and just like slow spin with his arms out. <laughs> it was very odd. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? There were two creepy twins from The Shining. From The Shining, yeah. just like, and they would just stand around the dance floor. It was very silly, but the dancing was fun. Dancing was very fun. Yeah. I so I don't have a costume, and so I literally wore just a blazer and my trouser pants and my leopard shirt. Yeah. And someone came up to me and said what are you dressed as? <laughs> and I had to tell them, I'm just wearing clothes. Yeah. They didn't, weren't that impressed. So, uh, yeah. but are you happy to be done with your presentation? 
I am incredibly happy to be done with my presentation. I think that's my favorite part of this is <laughs> it today. not having to present anymore. Yeah. It's like I'm done. I feel I felt immediately this weight off my shoulders after I finished. And I thought, man, it would have been nice to have done this earlier so I could have felt this weight for days. Yeah. Like I wish that my presentation was on the first day so I could have just appreciated everything. But I couldn't appreciate anything because I was like nervous and like but I mean, I appreciated everything. I shouldn't say that. But like afterwards, I was like, uh. actually, it's not even afterwards. It's once you get up on stage, you're like, okay, we're good. Yeah. You know. But the yeah, like literally, once you take the first three steps up there, you're good. It's yeah. Like, okay, I'm fine. Yeah, but the trepidation before, like that thought that something might go wrong or whatever, is so tough and daunting beforehand. Oh, it was so so intense. Yeah. Well, that means that now that the party is kind of wound down or winding down, that uh, Ark is officially in the books for the year. Ark is in the books. It was amazing. Yeah, it was pretty wonderful. Yeah, that, I was surprised at how many tears were shed. Like, if you could put the tears in a bottle, it would probably fit. <laughs> It'd be like a normal-sized water bottle. Normal-sized water bottle full, full of tears. <laughs> full of Ark tears. Ark tears. Yeah, architect tears. Not Ark, you know. Did you have uh, anything that you want to take away from ARC? Uh, yeah, for me, it's simply the SEO class by Catalina. Um, there's a lot of other stuff that was amazing and relevant, but for me, the thing where my business, that will help my business the quickest is, is rankings on Google. And so a lot of the other things that I heard, I will probably implement in some fashion, but that was like, I can do those action steps in the next like week and help my business out. And so that's yeah. my goal. Yeah. What about you? Takeaway. Well, I think one thing that actually really was pretty powerful was just the fact that people have been coming to this for you seemingly two to three years on regularly. And that uh, there seems to be a really strong community in Vancouver. And I, I can't tell it. A community of photographers that is, and I, I can't tell if that's because of Arc or if that maybe was existent beforehand. But I can definitely tell that Arc was pretty paramount in creating that community, or actually just making sure that community met on a regular basis. And I thought it was pretty cool. So I'm like, man, I would. How do we make something like this happen in Denver? Maybe not. Maybe not a conference. Maybe not a scale. But just like, how do we make this kind of community something that's normal in the Denver market? Yeah. No, they have a great community here. It's crazy. So yeah, um, yeah. Well, uh, I think it's funny. Um, after uh, both of our talks, your talk, a lot of people came and congratulated you, and they were crying. Uh, there were a lot of tears shed, like we said. After my talk, a lot of people came and congratulated. You know, were crying. What I think is funny, though, <laughs> <laughs> what I think is very hilarious is that at the dance, the only other black guy at the dance who does not look like me came up to me and was like 80 guess what i was like yeah what happened he's like somebody just came up to me and congratulated me on not uh, congratulated me uh <laughs> on my speech <laughs> i was like what he's like yeah somebody was like hey great speech earlier and he said that all he said was, oh, yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks, thanks so much. And then he came and told me about it. <laughs> all right. He didn't give a speech. I think it's hilarious that uh, 
I don't look anything like this other he's, guy. He's a, he's not even black, is he? Is he like South Asian? Uh, I don't know. I think he's. I don't know. <laughs> he definitely doesn't look Nigerian. Yeah, he doesn't look like me. Because <laughs> he, the only thing he has in common with AD is a darker skin, and that's yeah. literally it. Because he's like six foot. Yeah, he's taller than me. <laughs> it, it's just. It was just funny. It's just like. Like, really, guys? Really? You really can't tell the difference? <laughs> like, a rant, like, totally different person. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I listen to Yukon Peninsula or some, something like that. You know, I don't even know. You know, he lives, like, up in the. What is he really? Yeah, he was, like, he was talking to me about eating freaking. Uh, eating moose meat and stuff. <laughs> and I was like, what? I mean, he's a cool kid, but. Uh, we just don't look alike. <laughs> it's just funny to me that someone's like, congratulations. And that, yeah, that's funny. It's actually very funny. Well, y'all, it has been an awesome time being here in Vancouver. Thanks for tuning into these little mini-sodes. I hope it's given you a good insight into ARC and into what's happening up here. Big shout-out to Sacha Oh, yeah. yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah, the guy, this, this, uh, this workshop rests on his shoulders. And he and it's a heavy burden, and so big shout out to him for putting it out there, letting people know that they can come. It's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, and I, that the, he's the reason the community here is so crazy. Yeah, so, good, so. yeah, it is very true. Sachin, you're uh, a legend, and you did one heck of a job putting this all together. So thanks for all your uh, all your effort and what you've done. Right on. All right, this is the Black Light Podcast. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Cheers, guys. Take care. Catch you soon. Bye.